0: American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Oh, okay. So
1: now I'm obsessed with time. Welcome to another motherfucking episode. Uh, I'll let you welcome us.
0: All right. Welcome to another episode of American Timelines. I'm Amy and that's Joe. <laughs>
1: hey. And
0: this is the podcast that talks about the 1954.
1: Fuck yeah. The 1954.
0: The 1954 actually, specifically March, right? Is it March? Yes.
1: This isn't. This isn't just a 1954 podcast. This is a all-American history, true crime. Tri- tri- God, you're hammering <laughs> tri- tri- something. I just took one sip. True crime, pop culture, podcast.
0: Okay. So what's the first we're, item? We're talking
1: about 1954 now, and this is episode 170-something. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so we are in Amy's back, everybody. I know everybody's so happy. Most of our listeners... Hate everybody except for you, Amy. That's so, not true. Oh, trust me. I get a lot of mail.
0: You don't get any. Nobody's. A lot of postcards
1: that nobody's say, Nobody's sending Everybody postcards. that's not Amy. No. Just kidding. We've had TBJ. We've had her sister, Tempest. We've had yeah. Steve Bishop. We've had some yeah well, Everybody wants them. So, yeah. See? Uh, but we like having you, babe. Well, thank you. I like having you here.
0: I'll try to make it in- worth your while.
1: Yeah, this better be good or karate Slaps. chops will be coming.
0: Flaps and karate chops.
1: Uh, your way. Uh, okay, we're in March of 1954, and we're going to just start right off. You know, I don't know if I should start with you. So you want yeah, to start it sure. off because it happened on March 1st. Yep. Your thing. Yes. Uh,
0: it, so, But there's
1: two big things that happened that day. But okay. I'll let you start, and then I'll fill in.
0: All right, so um, there was a shooting in the house um. Chamber of the U.S. Representative House of Representatives on Ooh. that date
1: on March first, nineteen fifty-four. Yes,
0: and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna explain it.
1: Well, and that shooting happened the same day that that uh, the uh, there was uh, Castle Bravo Operation Castle Bravo, the, one of the most serious nuclear fallout incidents in history. Oh, at Bikini Atoll. Atal. Are you speaking English right now? The flag of Bikini Atoll includes three black stars for the islands that were vaporized by the U.S. on Ooh. this date. So and they, a lot of people think this might be responsible for Godzilla's birth. But we'll get into that oh. after the shooting.
0: Okay. So, will um, drink. I'm going to drink. All right. So the, the whole thing about the shooting, right?
1: Yeah, the whole thing about the shooting.
0: It was all a, an independence movement for Puerto Rico. Okay. So I have to give you a little bit of some short, very brief uh, background so that you understand what's going on.
1: We've talked a little bit in the 50s about the Puerto Rican freedom, independence, independence, yeah, uh, and stuff. So we didn't talk a lot about it, Mm -hmm. but...
0: So in September of 1922, Puerto Rican Nationalist Party was founded. Okay. And uh, these were people that wanted independence. Okay. They were fighting because Spain had given Puerto Rico to America as part of the Treaty of Paris. Okay, and supporters thought said, "Well, that wasn't Spain's to give. Like they, yeah, Spain. It didn't was have like a the, colony, right. and they didn't want to be a colony anymore. So, yeah,
1: they're like, no, we shouldn't be bartered with, right. bartered for.
0: So they had these revolts in the fifties, and okay. basically, it was a call for independence from the United States okay. against the U.S. government. Right." And um, what they wanted was the recognition of the Spanish Charter of Autonomy, okay, and Puerto Rico's international sovereignty or, you know, independence. Independence.
1: So, but America. Let me just see if I understand. America's stance was, hey, we didn't take you, take over you, and like, like we didn't like invade your country and take you. We just won you in a right. trade.
0: Yes, exactly. So the president, the nationalist president, okay, was named Pedro Albizu Campos.
1: So he's the guy that wants him to be free,
0: and he ordered armed uprisings on October thirtieth, nineteen fifty, in several mm-hmm. towns. They okay, were, yeah, I but they were suppressed by Puerto Rican forces, and they were assisted by U.S. forces to suppressing that. Okay, so that but they had a lot of casualties from that. There were twenty-eight dead and forty-nine wounded in went during those revolts. Okay, and um they were but what was going on wasn't limited to in Puerto Rico there were two Puerto Rican nationalists who were living in New York City at the time and they okay. planned to assassinate US president Harry Truman and right. we talked about that yes we talked about that in before, November 1950 yeah. right. just to just to remind you they attacked police and secret service to gain access to Blair House in Washington DC yes. where Truman was staying during major major renovations of the White House
1: yes we talked about that in episode Insert episode here. So if, if it was November 1950, it would have been our, I don't
0: know. You can't even guess. I won't even So know. one nationalist, Griselio Torresolo, was killed in the attack, as a, as was a White House police officer, Leslie Colfelt. Okay. The other, Oscar Colazzo, was tried, convicted, and sentenced to prison. That was back in 1950. So that was in 1950. Right. Yes. So Truman su- supported a choice. He wanted to acknowledge the importance of the question of Puerto Rico's status. All right. So he supported a choice between continued direct rule as a colony. Okay. And limited autonomy. While nearly 82% of those voting approved the new constitution and free associated state or commonwealth, Mm -hmm. independence was not an option on the ballot and most nationalists boycotted the whole election altogether.
1: Okay. So, because they were they were just like, hey, these aren't good choices, right? Exactly. Like, our right. choice is freedom, bro.
0: Right. And so they, um in early 1950s, Don Pedro Albizu Campos was the president of okay. the Nationalist Party again. Okay. He um had been corresponding from his prison with 34 year old Lolita Lebrón.
1: Oh, she sounds pretty.
0: Some of this correspondence discussed the Nationalist Party revolts of 1950. Okay. It also discussed Puerto Rican Governor Luis Munoz Marin, who had succeeded in in having Puerto Rico declared an Estado Libre Asociado, Free Associated State of the U.S.
1: So he succeeded in that, you're saying? So they've called it that? They've agreed? He
0: had, well, the governor had succeeded in having it like declared that but it was still hold but, on so I'll, they have like a governor yes
1: uh so they're like a state it's like right kind of like a
0: state but they don't have voting rights
1: oh, okay. so it's more like gotcha. a colony so it's like a colony in
0: 1954 stuff, right? a group of nationalists which included lebron Rafael Cancel Miranda, Irvin Flores, and Andres Figueroa Cordero decided to focus the world's attention on Puerto Rico's status, which they considered as a colony of the U.S. Right. They planned to attack multiple locations in Washington, D.C. with force. Albizu Campos did not order this attack, but the nationalists continued to plan for it. Okay. LeBron decided to lead the group and eventually the attack. LeBron concluded that a single attack on the House of Representatives had a greater prospect for success than trying to attack multiple targets.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: They chose the date of March 1st, 1954, to coincide with the opening of the Inter-American Conference in Caracas. LeBron intended to call attention to Puerto Rico's independence cause, particularly among the Latin American countries at the conference. So on the morning of March 1st, Mm -hmm. LeBron traveled to Grand Central Terminal in Manhattan, where she rendezvoused with the rest of the group. Okay. They took the train to Washington, D.C. and went the short distance from Union Station to the Capitol. Rafael Cancel Miranda suggested they postpone the attack as it was late and the weather was rainy. Ah. LeBron said simply, I am alone, and continued toward the Capitol building's interior, so the group looked at each other and decided to follow her. Okay. When LeBron's group reached the visitors' gallery above the House chamber, they sat while the representatives discussed the Mexican economy and issues of immigration. Okay. So then LeBron. Gets so in. so
1: they are in there in the chamber. In the already, chamber the ho- at the top. With their guns. Right. And there, there's no security or anything. No. people just let them right in. Yeah. And so they're
0: they're up there and they're discussing. So. Okay. She gives the order. They all recite the Lord's Prayer. Okay. Quietly. Then she stands up and shouts, Viva Puerto Rico Libre. Okay. Which is long live a free Puerto Rico.
1: Which I would, if I was there, I would have said, Oh, yeah. she likes Puerto Rican libraries.
0: And and so then, I would have been wrong. Then they unfurled the flag of Puerto Rico. Okay. Then they opened fire with semi-automatic pistols directed toward the representatives below. Oh boy. Five representatives were shot in the attack. Oh my gosh. The wounded lawmakers were Elvin Morrill Bentley. Okay. who took a bullet to the chest, Ooh. Clifford Davis. Oh, Alan Bentley was, Alvin Bentley was R. Michigan. Clifford Davis, okay. D. Tennessee, who was shot in the leg. Okay, Ben F. Jensen, R. Iowa, who okay. was shot in the back, as well as George Hyde Fallon, D. Maryland, and Kenneth A. Roberts, D. Alabama.
1: Okay, so they weren't targeting specific parties. No, they were just spraying. They were the, just spraying whoever. With bullets. Whoever got the bad luck. And so the House
0: the pages wall. helped carry Bentley off the House floor. The representatives were treated, and they all recovered.
1: Oh, they all recovered? Even the guy that got shot in the chest? Whoa.
0: LeBron said she fired her shots at the ceiling while Figueroa's pistol jammed. Some 30 shots were fired, mostly by Cancel, according to his account, wounding five lawmakers. Upon being arrested, LeBron yelled, I did not come to kill anyone. I came to die for Puerto Rico. Oh. The nationalists were immediately arrested in Washington, D.C. Okay. The next morning in Puerto Rico, the insular police raided the home of Pedro Albizu Campos, president of the Nationalist Party, with guns and tear gas. Under the command of the chief of police of Puerto Rico, Salvador T. Roig, they fired into Campos' home from a roof of a Pentecostal church and from a boarding house which faced the home. They arrested Campos and took him to jail. He was unconscious and half asphyxiated, asphyxiated. when taken from the home,
1: asphyxiated,
0: half asphyxiated, it said. I don't Was know why. What? Okay. Well, I guess from the, I don't know, the, all the,
1: all the stuff, tear gas, and all the stuff. tear gas. Yeah.
0: So, police chief Roig later said that the order to arrest Campos did not make any sense. Because Albizu Campos's phones were tapped, his mail was being intercepted, and he was under 24-hour surveillance by the FBI, the CIA, and the insular police. Yeah, so
1: they would have known if he was right. involved in this.
0: Right. The FBI reports on Albizu Campos and the Puerto Rican Nationalist Party ultimately exceeded over one million pages in length.
1: Wow. One million?
0: They found no evidence that Albizu was directly connected with the attack
1: on Okay. Congress. Yeah, and they would have. They right. would have known.
0: The governor of Puerto Rico, Luis Munoz Marin, revoked Albizu's pardon... And had the political leader returned to La Princesa prison from which he had been released only six months before. Uh, he so ac- he had
1: been pardoned mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. what for previously. Yes.
0: He was accused for of something. sedition oh, violating Violation of Puerto Rico Law 53 of 1948, otherwise known as the Gag Law, and the attempted violent overthrow of the U.S. government. Wow! Two years later, on March 25, 1956, Elbizu Campos suffered an embolism and a stroke while in prison, leaving him semi-paralyzed and mute. Oh. He was not released from U.S. federal custody for another nine years, wow. shortly before his death, which occurred on April twenty-first, 1965. Wow. Oh. LeBron... Cancel Miranda and the other defendants were charged in federal court in Washington with attempted murder and other crimes. Mm-hmm. The trial began on June 4, 1954.
1: Oh, June 4, 1954, the same day that insert factoid here. Uh, yep. Later.
0: And there were strict security measures. A jury composed of seven men and five women were assembled. Their identities were kept secret even. Oh. The prosecution was led by Leo A. Rover.
1: Lead way Rover, y'all.
0: There were thirty-three witnesses that testified. The accused were the only ones to testify in their defense. Lebron reaffirmed that she came not to kill, but to die for the liberty of her homeland.
1: Well, yeah, it sounded like she, that's true. If she, she if she aimed truly at aimed at the ceiling, yeah. that's true.
0: On June sixteenth, nineteen fifty-four, the jury declared oh. the four guilty, except that Lebron was acquitted of assault with the intent to kill, and instead convicted of the lesser offense of assault with a deadly weapon. Okay. The prosecutor demanded the death penalty, but Judge Holtzoff decided maximum consecutive prison terms, 75 years imprisonment for each of the men and 50 years for LeBron. Wow! Given the age of the accused, this effectively meant life in prison, unless they were earlier paroled.
1: These guys must have really wanted freedom.
0: American League lawyers appealed the sentence. United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia affirmed the convictions and sentences in early 1956. Um, on July 13th, 19th, 1954, yeah. the four defendants were taken to New York where they appeared to face related charges with additional co defendants of seditious conspiracy. Mm. So they are in America now facing charges. This charge encompassed but with was broader than the attack on Congress. They declared themselves not guilty th- on the charge of trying to overthrow the government of the United States but remained firm in demanding independence for Puerto Rico. Among the prosecution's witnesses was Gonzalo LeBron Jr., who testified against his sister. Oh. On October 26, 1954, the jury found all the defendants guilty of conspiracy.
1: Oh, October 26, 1954?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Judge Walsh sentenced them to six additional years in prison, except that Kensell Miranda, considered to be the primary shooter, received a total prison sentence of 85 years. So, Figueroa Cordero was released in 1978. Really? One year later, 1979, President Jimmy Carter commuted the sentences of the remaining perpetrators. Really? Some analysts said this was in exchange for Fidel Castro's release of seven American CIA agents being oh. held in Cuba on espionage charges. Okay. The nationalists were received in Puerto Rico with a hero's welcome from roughly 5,000 people at San Juan International Airport.
1: Hmm.
0: And that's the story of the
1: shooting. And none of those people that have been released since have done any no. bad
0: things. No, because it was a political act. It yeah. wasn't. A, they weren't gotcha. career criminals.
1: Okay, so a shooting on the House floor, yes, in 1954, and I, I would guess security has been beefed up since
0: then. Yes, I would think so.
1: I mean, judging by the January 6th Capitol, yeah, hole, not enough. Apparently, yeah, apparently not. <sighs> um, but that we all know that was sort of an inside job where people were looking the other way on purpose throughout that whole thing so that's not what we're here to talk about so that that was good you made it interesting and that same day on march 1st 1954 Mm -hmm. so i want to tell you what bikini atoll is i've never heard of the term atoll a-t-o-l-l it's an atoll okay i didn't know what that was did you know what that was
0: are you saying it right
1: Yes, I've looked up how to say it, Uh but I thought it was Atoll, A-T-O-L-L. Yeah, that would make more sense. But according to pronunciation.com or whatever, like on YouTube, it's Atoll. It's a coral reef, uh, like island island of coral reefs, I guess is what Atoll is, but... So this is a a coral reef in the Marshall Islands, consisting of 23 islands. This is Bikini Atoll. Okay. It's consisting of 23 islands surrounding a 229-square-mile central lagoon. And post-Second World War, the Atoll's inhabitants were forcibly relocated in 1946, after which the islands and the lagoon were the site of 23 nuclear tests by the U.S., all the way up until 1958, which just sounds tragic to me because, like, yes. a, a series of beautiful coral reefs and islands. And li- and, and
0: you blew them up.
1: And you got to move everybody out of there just to blow them up. Um,
0: that's terrible.
1: So, like I said earlier, the flag, Bikini Atoll has a flag that has three black stars on it. Yeah. And that's for the islands that were vaporized. There are islands that are no longer there. Uh, on this date, 1954, during the Operation Castle nuclear tests. And... I think they say tongue-in-cheek, this maybe was responsible for Godzilla's birth. But this was called Castle Bravo, um, and it was one of the most serious nuclear fallout incidents in history. The U.S. conducted its largest ever nuclear weapon test. Uh, Bravo was part of Operation Castle. Bravo was done on this day. Operation Castle was lasted throughout, I guess, the whole month. It was a nuclear test series designed to develop an aircraft-deliverable thermonuclear weapon. Due to a design error, however, the ex- this explosion reached a yield of 15 megatons, making it two and a half times larger than they expected it to be huh. and more than a thousand times as powerful as the Hiroshima bomb. Oh, wow. The crater left by Castle Bravo is visible from space, apparently. <sighs> uh, radioactive fallout from Humans the test. It's are such. This is an awful. It's just so awful. Just, Humans just are for worse war than animals. and domination. Oh, this. Radioactive fallout from the test spread over more than 11,000 square kilometers. Traces of radioactive material were detected in Australia, India, Japan, the U.S., and Europe. The Bikini population had been relocated to other atolls prior to the start of the bombing uh, or or the start of the test. But due to unfavorable weather conditions, uh, when they conducted this Bravo test, this first one, the fallout, also infected the inhabited atolls of Ronjlap, Utrecht, and others. In oh, addition, radioactive fallout heavily contaminated the Japanese fishing vessel Lucky Dragon Number no. 5, mm-hmm. which was sailing about 145 kilometers downwind from ground zero. The 23 Japanese fishermen aboard suffered from radiation poisoning, and one crew member died shortly after. The incident mm-hmm. resulted in a diplomatic crisis between Japan and the U.S., and gave rise to I guess international so. criticism of nuclear testing. Yes. Uh, about five hours after detonation, it began to rain radioactive fallout Ugh. at Ranjlap. Within hours, the atoll was covered with a fine, white, powdered-like substance. Of course, nobody knew what it was. The children played in it and ate it because they, oh, they thought it no. was snow. Oh, yeah. Um Yeah. That, according to the Senator Jeton and Jane, uh,
0: well, well, what was it, the white stuff?
1: Radioactive fallout. Oh. It was the radioactive fallout from when you... You've seen, like, pictures of Hiroshima, right? Like, afterwards, it's all just white. It looks like snow everywhere. Oh. It's, like, it's the fallout, and that's, like, wow. highly radioactive poisonous. Um, so U.S. testing in the Marshall Islands has had long-term effects on health and the environment. A medical report compiled by the National Institute of Health... In Maryland, and the Brookhaven National Lab, New York, found that the development of thyroid diseases has been the major late effect of radiation exposure of the Marshallese people. In 1972, the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission declared the islands had seen a remarkable recovery and more than 100 people moved back to Bikini. However, lab tests in 1978 indicated that unacceptably high levels of radiation remained on the atoll and Bikini was evacuated again.
0: Jesus, so they lived there for how many years?
1: From 72 to 79, or 78. In 1997, the International Atomic Energy Agency concluded that bikinis should not be permanently resettled under the present radiological conditions. That's 1997.
0: Oh, my God. Uh,
1: During the second and third decades after the accident, most of the Ronge Lab children and many adults developed thyroid nodules, some of which proved to be malignant. Oh. National Institute of Health Maryland and Brookhaven National Lab New York. Gives us that info. Mm-hmm. In 1964, the U.S. government appropriated funds to compensate Marshallese people who were exposed to fallout from its testing program. And in 1988, the Marshall Islands Nuclear Claims Tribunal was established to represent the interests of those affected. Good. Claiming the compensation schemes to be inadequate, Bikini Islanders have taken legal action. In 2010, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear any new cases in pursuit of more compensation. That's all according to ctbto.org. Uh, ah. Yeah. So that same day of that shooting.
0: That that happened.
1: And this Castle Bravo nuclear test. We got two birthdays, two celebrity oh, birthdays on a happier man. note. Hit the music. celebrities they might be twins mm-hmm. one is from happy days and one is from dukes of hazard guess the two celebrities
0: all right potsy <laughs> and roscoe p coltrane <laughs>
1: no you think potsy and roscoe are the same age think no about that. oh you're right use uh, a little bit more come one's a woman and one's a man how about that that's my hint one uh, has beautiful a beautiful bod Catherine one.
0: Bach and
1: <laughs> and one's a ginger,
0: and oh, and uh, Ron Howard.
1: Yes, Ron oh. Howard and Catherine Bach might be twins. Catherine Bach was an American actress born in Cleveland, Ohio. The daughter of Norma Jean Cusera, an acupuncturist, and Bernard Bachman, a rancher. She lived in nearby Warren, Ohio, the birthplace uh, and death of my, or and uh, my stepdad. Is buried uh, in Warren, Ohio, I think. Uh, he was born in Warren. All right. So my stepdad might be...
0: No rhyme or reason to that. Nothing
1: to do with it. Nope. Anyway, Katherine Bach grew up in a ranch in South Dakota where she visited her grandparents a lot. In 1970, she graduated from Stevens High School in Rapid City, South Dakota, home of the Raiders. Notable alumni include Becky Hammond, assistant coach of the San Antonio Spurs, who became the second female assistant coach and the first female full-time assistant coach in NBA history. Bach briefly majored in drama at UCLA, where she supplemented her income by making clothes for friends and theater groups. Oh. I don't know if you know that Catherine Bach married entertainment lawyer Peter Lopez. I don't care. And they had two daughters. And what? on April 30th of 2010, Lopez was found shot dead in an apparent suicide.
0: Really? Yeah, so there's like a, oh.
1: a suicide in her That's murder sad. story, a death. And you love death. And then Ron Howard also was born that same day. He's an American film director, producer, and actor. He was born in, guess where he was born? That's right, Duncan, Oklahoma. The elder son of Gene Spiegel Howard, an actress, and Rance Howard. Rance? Rance Howard is his father, a director, writer, and actor. His father was born with the surname Beckenholt and took the stage name Howard in 1948 for his acting career. Oh. Rance Howard was serving three years in the US Air Force at the time of Ron's birth. Family moved to Hollywood in nineteen fifty eight, the year before the birth of his younger brother, Clint Howard. Oh God. That's the thing I can't. He's an believe.
0: unfortunate looking man.
1: <laughs> and can you believe Clint Howard is younger than Ron? No. Howard? Like he looks like he's he, twenty he's years older. older Like Clint Howard and I think Clint I love that Randy Ron... Randy
0: Quaid and Clint Howard always
1: Oh, I always think of Clint Howard and Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, yeah. That's Bill too. Murray's brother. Yeah. Those brothers should. I wish they would start a show together. The Randy, brothers of Randy fam- Quaid. Throw fam- him in there, too. Throw Randy Quaid in, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Ron Howard was tutored at Desilu Studios in his younger years, Ooh. as he lived right near there. Uh, but continued his schooling at Robert Louis Stevenson Elementary and David Starr Jordan Jr. High when not working in television, eventually graduating from John Burroughs High School, home of the Bears. The notable alumni include Debbie Reynolds and Renee Russo. Okay. Something you know about Ron Howard now. All right. Went to the same school as Renee Russo and Debbie Reynolds. And then March fourth, we're gonna to jump to March 4th. Are you ready for this? God, we're only on March 4th. The rest is all just little stuff. Okay. James E. Wilkins was appointed the first black U.S. sub cabinet member. Good. Both the first African American to be appointed to a sub cabinet position in the US government and the first to attend White House cabinet level meetings. Well, there's progress. March fourth, nineteen fifty four. He was appointed. That's not by, that long ago, people. Yeah, he was appointed by President Dwight D. Eisenhower as Undersecretary of Labor for International Labor Affairs. Um, and then on March 13th, 1954, Milwaukee Braves outfielder Bobby Thompson broke his ankle during a spring training game. Okay, while sliding into second base. This is and he's it
0: into home, and his pants begin to foam.
1: <laughs> diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> diarrhea, cha-cha. And this is a very fateful slide into home with your pants full of foam. Yeah. Uh, because taking his spot in the lineup was 20-year-old rookie from Mobile, Mobile, Alabama, Henry Aaron. Oh, Hank Aaron. And the rest is history. All right. Thompson, who was traded from New York to Milwaukee after the 1953 season, uh in the eighth inning of his first spring training game had his cleats caught in a loose turf while trying to break up a double play against the yankees and he said i started my slide too late uh it was terrible luck but if that hadn't happened we might not have seen hank aaron's amazing career when we did right. and so thompson didn't see the field again until july 14th um the next day hank aaron got the start in left field going two for four with a home run he had been a standout prospect in the Negro and minor leagues. The Braves thought Aaron needed more time in the minors before bringing him up. Uh, anyway, that's all from the National Baseball Hall of Fame site, uh, part of the Inside Pitch series written by Nick Annapolis. All righty. I now have a Moscow mule. How are you?
0: How That's pretty good.
1: March 14th, 1954, was the. Debut of the only, first and only film that was blacklisted in the U.S. It was a film called Salt of the Earth. Ooh. You ever heard of it?
0: Uh, no.
1: Here's a little intro, a little clip.
0: All right. These these arroyos my
1: great-grandfather raised cattle before the Anglos ever came. Our roots go deep in this place. Deeper than the pines. Deeper than the mine shafts.
0: This is my village. When I was a child, it was called San Marcos. The Anglos changed the name to Zinc Town. Zinc Town, New Mexico. U.S. Okay.
1: That's enough of an intro, right? Yeah. Um. So this Zinktown, the Anglos mm-hmm. called it, this was an American drama film written by Michael Wilson, directed by Herbert J. Biberman, Biberman yeah. and produced by Paul Jericho, all had been blacklisted by the Hollywood establishment due to their alleged involvement in
0: communism
1: politics. Yep. Yep. The drama film is one of the first pictures to advance the feminist, social, and political point of view. Its plot yeah. centers on a long and difficult strike based on the 1951 strike against the Empire Zinc Company in Grant County, New Mexico. In the film, the company is identified as Delaware Zinc and the setting is Zinc Town, New Mexico. The film shows how the miners, the company, and the police react during the strike. Neo realist style, the producers and director used actual miners and their families as actors in the film.
0: Oh, wow! Uh, so, yeah,
1: there's a little note, notable moment in history. Yeah, and then on March 15th, the CBS Morning Show premiered with Walter Cronkite and Jack Parr oh. from Studio 41 in Grand Central Station, New <laughs> York City. The Morning Show with Jack Parr, Charles Hollywood Avenue. Good morning, good morning, my friend. So Jack Parr was a host of The Tonight Show. That's what most people know him Yeah. Most. But um, I guess that's when Walter Cronkite was on there. So that clip that I just played, I don't know if it's from when Walter Cronkite was on there, but... that's was anyway, the morning that's show. That's when was, the morning show. It sounded like that. Um, I like hearing old-timey I do too. shows like that. Yeah. It's like interesting. To just, it's like a time, time mm, warp. Time warp. Yeah. Uh, and then March 19th, and 20th of 1954, Yeah, we've got a little billiards story. Would you like to hear a billiards story? Oh, sure. You like billiards? Yeah. You're better at billiards than I am. No, we're about tied in awfulness. I don't know if our listeners would be surprised or not, but you know, you're pretty good.
0: No, I wouldn't say that.
1: Well, better than me. I mean, you're a little bit better than me. I mean, you hold it right, at least. You hold the right. Yeah, that's true. All right, Philly born. You stick
0: it in your butt, which is weird. Well, that's and, how I learned. And then you try to shoot the balls with it in your butt. I don't. Yeah, that's how I, I learned. I always keep that's telling you. That's how I learned. Put it in your hand.
1: That's how they learned in East Toledo.
0: You, like, back up onto the table. and
1: Well, yeah, that's what I do. Philly-born player Willie Moscone sunk 526 pool balls without missing in Springfield, Ohio, on March 19th slash 20th, 1954. Wow. He did it, you know, before and after midnight. It took him that long. Yeah. He was an American professional pool player from Philadelphia. Between the years of 1941 and 1957, he won the World Straight Pool Championship 19 times. Opposed wow. to the World Gay Pool Championship. For most of the 20th century, what? his name was, I don't know, it's called a World Straight Pool. That probably means something. Yeah. For most of the 20th century, his name was essentially synonymous with pool in North Carol- North America. Sorry. What's his name again? Uh, his name's synonymous with pool. So, Willie Moscone.
0: Willie Moscone.
1: Moscone. He was nicknamed Mr. Pocket Billiards, uh, <laughs> which
0: means something different. Yeah, it's something different
1: as he's he's playing with himself. And he was among the first Billiard Congress of America Hall of Fame inductees. Moscone pioneered and regularly employed numerous trick shots, set many records, and helped to popularize pool as a national recreation activity. Um, On this day in Springfield, Ohio, it was an exhibition. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, There's a handwritten and notarized affidavit with signatures of more than 35 eyewitnesses as proof of this feat, of this 526 consecutive balls feat. Yeah. The record has since been surpassed with 626 consecutive balls. Oh, my God. By John Schmidt on May 27th, 2019. And that's recorded on videotape. But critics have argued that Moscone's record was made in competition. Yeah. While Schmidt simply set up break shots for himself. Oh. And that, and technically his video was never released, I guess, to the public. So there's that. Yeah. And then there are some. Differences in the size of the pool tables that they played on and everything. And I don't, we don't really need to get into that. No. But that's just a thing that happened. Cool. Moscone was a technical advisor on the 1961 film The Hustler, starring Paul Newman. Oh. Uh, taught so him he, a thing or two. And he was like, they hired him kind of to help Paul Newman because he hadn't really paid, played real pool anyway. And then March 25th, the 26th Academy Awards Ceremony was held. It took place at RKO Pantages Theater in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and the NBC Century Theater in New York City. The second national telecast of the awards show drew an estimated 43 million viewers. Shirley Booth, appearing in a play in Philadelphia, presented the Best Actor Award through a live broadcast cut-in. And privately received the winner's name over the telephone from co-host Donald O'Connor. Uh, actor Frederick March co-hosted from New York City. And Gary Cooper filmed his presentation of the Best Actors Award in advance on a set in Mexico with O'Connor announcing the winner's name. All the major winners in the, this year were black and white films. The big winner was Fred Zinnemann's From Here to Eternity Mm -hmm. with 13 nominations and 8 awards including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Academy Award for Best Director, Best Screenplay. Now did you see that one? Yeah, that was one you and I were talking about last night because we were watching, or the other day we were watching It's It's a Wonderful Wonderful Life. Life. Yeah. And Donna Reed is the wife and It's a Wonderful Life and I was like, I saw a movie where she played a hooker and it was not believable because she's still Donna Reed. She's like America's mom. And that movie was From Here to Eternity, where okay. she plays a prostitute. So
0: sex worker.
1: Sex worker, sorry. I said hookah. I know. And I didn't realize that's a negative, that's a just slur. slur. I'm a bad person, and I should be canceled.
0: Cancel you, babe.
1: I sincerely apologize for my mistake. I will do better. I will get education. I will hire sex workers. Wait a minute. In order to. Do you don't better. need to do. March 31st, 1954, more than a half century ago, the USSR attempted to apply for membership in the North Atlantic Treaty Organization.
0: Mm. Didn't go over well, I bet.
1: Yeah. Uh, according to com news and views from Ukraine, on this date. The last day of March in 1954, the Soviet Foreign Ministry sent identical notes regarding possi- the possibility of joining NATO to the governments of the three Western powers, France, Great Britain, and the U.S. During the discussion in Paris, the Danish representative emphasized that the very establishment of NATO was a response to the failure of, failure of the United Nations to ensure effective collective security in the years following World War II. Everyone certainly bore in mind the Korean War of 1950 to 53 when the USSR and China confronted Western powers. The Kremlin, he maintained, contributed to this failure by its abuse of veto in the UN Security Council. He was basically saying they can't join another the reason we started it. Right,
0: exactly. Uh,
1: and the delegates of other member states supported this view. The representatives of Italy warned that since the decisions of NATO, collective bodies must be unanimous. The Soviet Union could could have used veto to paralyze the organization alike, and hence the alliance would have become just as ineffective as the UN. Mm. The participants of the session also criticized Moscow's attempt to thrust the non-participation of West Germany in the European defense initiatives. In a few weeks, the American, British, and French governments officially responded to the Soviet proposal, which they called completely unreal. Mm-hmm. NATO, their joint notes stressed, Was based on the principles of individual liberty and the rule of law, and its effective institutions could not be replaced with illusory ones. Mm -hmm. The three states urged the Soviet Union not to prevent the UN from exercising its global security functions in accordance with its statute. And I think the Soviet Union was just asking to join as kind of just to kind of fuck with these guys. Mm -hmm. So, and that is it. That's the ask. From March 1954, nothing else Happened happened at all. Nothing else mattered. (laughs) I'm sure there was other births. I'm sure there was a
0: there was other mishaps.
1: I'm sure there was a French postal worker that was born. All right, but that's all I'm covering. That's all we got time for. We got other things to do, everybody. We can't just sit here and podcast all day. No, we can't. We got stuff to do. We're important people, and it's time to get out of here. We got to make souffles. Yeah, it is time to get out of here. And let Dale through. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank we love you. you, loyal listeners. You are the best.
0: Thank you, everybody. We love Thanks you. Thanks for everything.
1: Send us cash. I like you, Amy. trip is the greatest band of all time by their music.